All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 94. This is a take two, because you're never going to hear that intro I just fucked up. As, o- As always, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta, for helping make it all this possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford, underscore, the giant, if you need service. If you need a new car, if you just want to go chat to a wonderful human being, the people at Sherwood Ford are there for you. Uh, Today, gentlemen, like I said, episode 94, it's the Ryan Smith episode, so I want to kick off today's podcast with a look back at the man himself. He bled blue and orange for seasons and seasons. He was arguably one of the best players to ever don a jersey, even though he never got to be a point-per-game player at any point in his career. Um, Ryan Smith. So I just want to start off, go around the horn real quick, spend a couple of minutes talking about Smitty. What is your favorite Ryan Smith moment? What is your favorite part about him as a player? What did you love about him? Nation Dan, I'm going to kick things off with you. Looking at Ryan Smith. Well, I think that somebody's going to say the other one that I was thinking of uh, having to do with the playoffs, but my one of my favorite moments and it's just kind of because it's just the way the world was and it was funny to laugh at it's funny to laugh at looking back at it now but it was when sportsnet had uh eckland on their trade deadline show and this is he, your favorite ryan smith moment? i just yeah. i just i think it's funny i think it's funny I, I for me like his my favorite moment of his is when he <laughs> when he took the he took a chris pronger shot the chops and and there was a pass there was a pass and came back from from that within two shifts, and you know missing three chicklets or whatever it was, 
Uh, that's a beautiful moment, and it's like it embodies what the Oilers were at that time, which is just like heart and soul with Chris Pronger as the as the leader with Rollison in the back end. But I just I have such a, I get such a kick out of thinking of that moment uh, in time now, looking back at it. Right, like it would it would be like Sportsnet having one of us on their on their daily deadline, okay. but, which uh, they broadcast. should, which they should, and just to I'll take, take a day. Off. I'll take a day off work if they need it. Yeah, absolutely. I used to take a day off work for the trade deadline when it actually used to be fun back in the day. Uh, we, can all, we can all sit in the same place and they can just go to, they can just cut to us every now and then. Yeah. Do we, yeah they can just cut. To, but do we want, are we, are we sportsmen or are we TSN though? I would rather be, I would rather be TSN because <laughs> like there would be a chance to like play with a llama or something like James yeah. Duffy's always got shenanigans. In general, I don't know if Tyler would be allowed to, I don't think Tyler would be allowed to show up on the other one. No, nah, I wouldn't be allowed we on just, Sportsnet. We'd have to blur out his face and yeah. change his voice. But that's really what they did with Eklund back then, anyways, right? So, yeah, well, I was just gonna say, if you if you remember, if you're old enough to remember it, Eklund <laughs> sat in like a like a shadow in the back of the studio, and it was hilarious it was, to look at. It was Deal or No Deal style yeah. back that like back when exactly Deal like or No Deal was huge. Exactly like that, yeah, and it was super weird, super super weird. And if you just to finish off Dan's horrible story, <laughs> Ryan Smith, to kick off the Ryan Smith episode. Eklund announced that the Oilers had just re-signed him to a five-year extension or something like that. And literally within <laughs> 10 minutes, he was gone to the Islanders. Like it was, I remember being so heartbroken. That was a roller coaster of emotions that a young bag milk will never recover from. And I'm still upset about I still uh, I'm still upset him, with Eklund about it. I still hit at him probably once every like three months about it. And he probably gave it an E5 too at the time. Yep. We have gotten off the rails. Rick, what is your favorite Ryan Smith memory? Let's get back on the rails here. Well, sure as hell wasn't that. Um, <laughs> that definitely wasn't. And yeah, I think that goes, that's on both sides, but whatever. That's besides the point. One of my favorite Smitty uh, memories is, well, we were playing Chicago. So it was in an Olympic year. We were playing Chicago. That's when he slides, he gets knocked down behind the goal line, breaks his ankle. And I want to say it's late November. And somehow, He's able to restructure that thing, put it back together, tape everything back up again, and still make the the Canadian Olympic team. It was always really cool for us because we didn't have a lot of uh, to cheer for in the playoffs or anything like that. So if we got any type of notoriety outside the NHL, we were always excited. So you know, Smitty was always you know Captain Canada. He was on every uh, every world uh, world championship team, but this was the best of the best, and he still cracked that lineup. And then he goes out and breaks his ankle. And, you know, that's pretty much all that, that is everything we had just kind of crashed that day. And yet somehow he's able to pull himself together, uh, tape everything back up again and still make that team and still go out there and be a, and be a player during that whole uh, Olympics. That to me is who he is as a player and as a person. Like it doesn't matter what it is. He's got the skill to be uh, in the top echelon of these guys, but he had the heart and the grit and the determination to get through something that bad, something that traumatic, and still come out and persevere on the end of it and make that team. Tyler, your Emchuk, looking at you, your favorite Ryan Smith memories, moments, or whatever you got. A lot of people are going to go ahead and say, uh, say you know, the playoffs and stuff like that, you know, getting hit in the teeth, coming back. Uh, for me, there's a couple, though, because I think what was so unique about Ryan Smith wasn't necessarily his skill set or anything like that. But it was his connection to the fan base, right? So I remember that first home game when he came back to Edmonton. And I remember going to that game, and there were so many Ryan Smith jerseys there. And I mean, I wasn't too old at the time, but I just remember being blown away that, like, it literally seemed like everyone showed up to this rink, to Rexall, with Ryan Smith jerseys on. And my other one was his farewell, uh, getting to watch him in that last game. Uh, where were the you there? Se- 
No, I wasn't there. I was watching it on TV. Um, but getting to watch him, you know, with the C on his chest and getting to see all the ovations, him playing like three minutes on the power play because they're trying to get him the record. It just uh, those kind of special moments between him and the fan base are what stand out for me when I think of Smitty. That last game, um, and they would never give us credit for it. And I wouldn't expect the Oilers to. And they would say it was a plan that they had all along, which I don't buy. We had Smitty for captain trending Canada-wide for days leading up to that game. Because Andrew Ferris was hurt at the time. He wasn't playing. And we thought it would be fun. And we got it trending. And then when he popped out with the C on his chest for the last game, that was pretty cool. For me, though, an often forgotten Smitty moment is that he has the fastest hat trick in Oilers history. He got three goals in a span of two minutes and one second. And I would, be, uh, I was, I wish I could look at the highlights quickly. They're not coming out for me. My internet shit right now, but um, I'm pretty sure he didn't shoot any of those pucks. I'm pretty sure at least two of them bounced off him and maybe he pushed one in, but that's, that's one of the things that I loved about Ryan Smith in 1270 games. He scored 386 goals. And I would guess that he was within a foot or two of the crease for, what, 75% of them? Probably. It's, what, it's one of those skill sets, I think, that he had that's kind of, you don't see it much anymore. Like Thomas Holmstrom in, uh, in Detroit was a guy that parked himself in front of the net, picked up a lot of garbage goals. Smitty was always in front of the net. He had that hilarious blade that was the size of a canoe paddle. It just, it was one of those skill sets that I don't, I don't really see as much anymore where people, that's all they do. It's kind of like feast or famine right in front of the net. And I always loved that about Ryan Smith. He was a warrior. He would play hurt. He took endless abuse. He was just great to watch. And over parts of 15 seasons with the Oilers, he ended up with uh, 971 games played, 296 goals, 335 assists for 631 points. The guy's a legend. The way he speaks about the city is amazing. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to spend a few minutes starting off this week's podcast, episode 94, talking about Ryan Smith. He's a hero. If I was ever going to get a jersey that was not Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it would probably be Ryan Smith. Anything else, boys? Smitty? I think you nailed it. Little love? He's great. He was great. Changing gears, getting back to the current NHL. Tyler Uremchuk has a Sherwood Ford giant question of the week. And I do have a short four giant question of the week. Thank you very much, Mr. Bagged Milk. Uh, over the next few weeks, I'm going to take the short four giant, seg- giant question segment, blah, and I'm going to focus <laughs> it on the upcoming play-in series, doing a little preview action. So my question this week, outside of Edmonton versus Chicago, which play-in series in the Western Conference are you looking forward to the most? And let me rattle them off to you real quickly here. So obviously you have Edmonton, against Chicago. You have Arizona taking on Nashville, which could be interesting. Minnesota taking on Vancouver. And then Calgary taking on Winnipeg. Uh, does anyone want to step up first with this one here? Yeah, I can. I I think the uh, I think the probably the most intriguing one for, for everybody overall would probably be the or the uh, the Flames and the Jets. But for me, I, I agree with Tyler. I think that there's something sneaky good about this Nashville Arizona series. Um, the the Taylor Hall element with Arizona, you know, where they were looking like they may not even make the playoffs, and now they're here. Uh, Nashville, it's you know, it's it's kind of the end of Nashville. I don't know. 
Like it, it feels like that team isn't really, isn't really where it was uh, even two years ago or three years ago when they made the playoffs. Um, and we possibly could have faced them if, if Anaheim hadn't held the pads and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think the, the Nashville and the Arizona series just has like a sneaky good element to it. I think honestly, the best one is going to be uh, outside of ours, obviously. It has to be the Calgary-Winnipeg one. They're both uh, two teams that really don't like each other. Both Western, you know, they're just it's just going to be uh, it's going to be a, really rough, and they're both kind of equal. Whereas these other ones, I'm sorry, man, I don't see Arizona doing shit. The Nashville's going to stomp those guys. Minnesota, Vancouver, that's boring. Vancouver can play a fun game. Minnesota's boring. Um, that's not going to be very fun. Who knows what can happen in the Calgary-Winnipeg series? That could be, you know, it could be high scoring. It could be great defense. It could get rough and it could get rough and dirty. There's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot of more dynamite in that series that could just go off, and and who knows what happens. So that's the one that I will watch outside of ours in the West. Though. I I agree with Rick 100. percent I think that Winnipeg Calgary series. I think Winnipeg's the better team, but I think it's tight. I think it'll be two Canadian teams. I think that's the one who you know, in a playoffs or play-in series where you're not sure with no fans what the emotions will be like and all that, I think emotions will be high. I think it'll be a very entertaining series between the Flames and Jets. Beg milk? Just in uh, an effort, I mean, I agree with you guys. I just, I think that any road that could potentially get us towards a playoff battle of Alberta is what I want to see. And obviously that's, you know, the Oilers have to get past Chicago. They would have to get back to the Jets or the when, Stars, blah, blah, blah. When... When we get past Chicago. Thank you, Rick, of course. When we get past Chicago. So any road that would lead to a potential battle of Alberta is what I would look forward to most. But in the effort of being different, um, I'm going to say Vancouver and Minnesota because I'm really, I hate to say it, but I'm intrigued by the Canucks. They've got a good young core. They've got the potential to be a very good hockey team moving forward. And as we mentioned uh, a week or two ago, the last thing I fucking need is Vancouver to have any shot at Alex Lafreniere. Because, yeah, it would suck if he goes to Calgary, but I don't think Calgary's got a young core that's gonna that would benefit quite as much as ha- of growing up together as Vancouver would. So I need Vancouver to beat Minnesota. And that's going to be a series that I'm watching for selfish reasons. And... It could be interesting. Like I said, Vancouver's got some young guys that have some skill, and it could be fun to watch. Um, Vancouver's it, a fun team to watch, yeah. But this it's the Minnesota there that uh, turns me off. It just says, you know what, they're not they're not a very fun team to watch. They never have been. Um, I really which, don't see that one. Which is always amazing, right? Like, Jacques Lemaire, he's been gone for years and years, and yet they're still fucking boring. I don't understand how that happens. It's like an organizational staple that the Minnesota Wild are going to be a boring team to watch and I just don't well, understand it. It's like they've it's like they've tried to shift away from it now two and three times with different regimes and every single time they they seem to bung it up. They brought in Suter, they threw you know, they threw <laughs> Brinks trucks at Suter and uh and Parise and that was supposed to, you know, really change the elements and they were bringing in a star player in Parise and he was going to lead this team into a new kind of era of excitement and then and then at the first sign of trouble, it's like, well, you know what really worked out for us was when Jacques Lemaire was the coach and we played a stingy, stifly, ugly, you know, yeah. Eastern European type of game. And and it just seems like that's kind of their default answer. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's weird to see an organization that is, what, 2007 maybe was the last time Lemaire was there. Um, maybe I'm, I'm remember, misremembering that. No, but, I uh, right. 
yeah, so so I mean that's a, that's a team that can't get away from that identity seven and eight years later, right? Or sorry, what? not seven, seventeen and eight years, eighteen years later. I think the point of the story that you're having here, Dan, is none of us are good at math. Yeah, that's well, that's yeah, that's always going to be the memory thing that's starting to kick on us there, <laughs> oh, at least man. for a couple of us. Uh, Chuck's still pretty young, so he's still uh, he's still running on uh, all cylinders. The the rest of us, but, uh, maybe a couple. Well, I also saw he was fact checking. I saw he was fact checking, so I thought he might come <laughs> with the actual number for me. No, I was not fact checking uh, that. Oh, okay. We we did mention briefly the uh, the Pred series, and that actually just kind of reminded me that Tyler and I got some bad news with the new CBA this week. Oh. That. Tyler, run us through it, because it was, it was a bummer for both of us, I know. Yeah, so we've ran through it a handful of times in uh, on the pod about the the cap recapture penalty that faces the Nashville Predators if Shea Weber were to retire before his massive contract expires, which was originally an offer sheet that the Philadelphia Flyers fa- put out that was matched by the Predators. They then traded him to Montreal. But if Shea Weber would have retired in like 2025 <laughs> or something like that. This was a ridiculous number for yeah. the record. Yeah, the next season, Nashville would have had like a $24 million cap recapture. <laughs> we've, we've talked about it four or five times, and every single time, it I it's hilarious. Because can you imagine a team having to, in one summer, be like, fuck, we got to get rid of $24 million in cap space? Uh, but with the new CBA, the league put in some language that uh, would prevent that from happening, meaning that there will be no massive cap recapture penalty for the Nashville Predators. And that upsets me because I wanted some chaos. I wanted a fire sale. I wanted the Predators to go into a season and Watch. be like, we can literally only afford 19 players. If more than one guy gets hurt, we're, we're screwed. I'll play for Weber right as soon as the playoffs are over for the Canadians. Shea Weber is going to announce his retirement and he's going to have been begging and petitioning the league to put in this rule so he could do this and not absolutely throw the Nashville Predators he, into chaos. He's like, guys, I can barely walk. Never mind. The state. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I've been doing it as a favor to the Predators yeah. for giving me those years. I just, what a bummer. Can't the NHL just give Tyler and I some joy outside of, we don't ask for much. Know, no, you know what oh. annoys me is that they rewrote this rule in the middle time, yet they never once went in there and did anything about the Oiler draft picks when uh, we brought in fucking Pete and whoever the hell else. Yeah, no was. kidding. Unbelievable. Well, there's your uh, Sherwood Ford giant question of the week. Kind of fell <laughs> off the rails there at the end, but you know what? It happens. Sherwood Ford, we love you. Go check them out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. Check out the whips they're posting. They're beautiful. If you need a new whip, go see him. If you need service, go see him. If you want to see Gus, make an appointment. He's got shit to do. Um, I want to stick with the playoffs a little bit because news from the AGLC came down today that we are going to be able to buy online 50-50 tickets for Edmonton Oilers games for all Albertans. And it's going to be going to local charities. This is going to be new for us. Because as a city, as a province, and even as the prairies, as Rick said before we started recording, um, we fucking love a (laughs) 50-50. We love a 50-50. And when you're at Rogers Place and sometimes you see the number climbing and climbing and climbing, especially if you've got a good Saturday night game where the crowd is kind of, you know, you had a couple of cocktails or whatever, it gets up there. So now I can only imagine what we're going to be looking at when all of us are at home ready to do a little gambling, if you will. Gambling in the name of charity. 
for an online 50-50. So I thought, with this news coming out today, a very quick little exercise we could do that I'm going to take a record of, um, and we'll revisit once the playoffs actually get started here, is what is the first online 50-50 going to look like in Game 1 between the Edmonton Oilers and Chicago Blackhawks? I just I was going to give you guys a little bit of context, uh, seeing as this is a new thing to Alberta, but it's been something that's existed for a couple of years in BC. Uh, the BC prizes for the last you know five games of the Canucks season, uh, so that'll kind of you know you can gauge on whether the Canucks are better in your mind or whatever. Uh, but on March the tenth, they gave away seventy nine thousand dollars. On March the eighth, they gave away sixty three thousand dollars. Fucking child's play, man. Yeah, Dude. so so, but that is a that is a province wide digital version of the fifty fifty that also plays within the arena. Yeah, so they don't have enough money. money. They, they have to pay their taxes over there. That HSP or whatever the hell they have over there. <laughs> no wonder they don't have extra money to spend on on, on these things. Dude, I'm telling you, this is going to be an absolutely astronomical number. You said it's allowed to be anybody in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. So it's open to so all like, Albertans. So uh, what, what's the time? What's the time limit in here? Obviously. But same as before, so third period. When can you start? That's a good I would question. It's going to be so like twenty minutes say, before puck drop. Okay, let's just say it's the same the same hours as live, dude. It's going to be close to a million dollars. You think that high? Hang wow. on, hang on, You're hang t- on. I got to write these down. Okay, Rick, okay, you got yeah, Rick yeah. coming in first bit. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the seven digit number. Okay, and here's why. Price is right rules. Here's why this- we can get a we can get north of hundred and fifty grand. With just the people in the building. Well, that's just what I was the saying. People so, in the building. So what I was now you're going from eighteen thousand to three, four, five million. So what I was looking at when Dan was reading these numbers off for BC, first of all, all I could think about is BC sucks at fifty fifty. They don't know how oh, to yeah, do it. That's right. embarrassing. <laughs> well, I will say they did. They did a COVID relief raffle that gave away two hundred fifty thousand dollars, then three hundred thousand dollars, not the same, and then one hundred eighty six thousand, but not the say. same, but not just, a fifty fifty, but just say. It's still a 50-50 because you could win half the prize. So, okay. So what we've got going on here, just again, I want to make sure that Rick is also understanding of the rules because he dropped a huge number off the bat. Oh, I'm coming out high on this one. We are playing game one, Oilers versus Chicago. Game one, that's different than all right. Game one, Oilers versus Chicago. You would think that hype is going to be at a max. It won't be at a max. The max will be when we put, if, we were to play Calgary sometime. Oh, could you then, imagine the 50-50 if the Battle of Alberta happened? But game one, I would tell you this right now. If we get the proper, if, if everything aligns properly, it'll hit. It'll come real close to a million. Game one against Chicago, I'll throw it down at, I'll throw it down at 500 grand. Okay, so we're going to do, we're going to do. But we will hit a million. Okay, well, that's, if that's the things, half of what you said. Really, together. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bold as it was. Well, no, right, I just so, thought like the highest we can get to. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do two then because Rick is, Rick is inspired by some online gambling. Here. So Dude, what we're going to do. Your M trucks are, look at him. His eyes are in the back of it. He's trying to figure out how much he can afford on the game one. <laughs> like, if, so, like, if I don't gamble, if I don't take the over, you know, if the spread's not there, what if I just go all on, a, on a fitty fitty? And then he's going to start pushing it on Twitter too, right? Yeah, I have that kind of pull. Tyler is a major celebrity and he has that. So we're going to do two bets here. Both of these are going to be prices right style. So the first one is going to be game one, Oilers, Blackhawks. The second is going to be the highest 50-50 we got. 
like it. We're talking about playoffs. So again, we're playing Price is Right rules. We'll have to come up with some kind of prize because I feel like we need to have a prize here. We need to, we need to have some kind of vested interest in our bet here. Uh, or otherwise, we're just throwing around numbers for the sake of throwing around numbers. So as the weeks progress, let's think of a prize. I'm going to write this down for next week. We're going to brainstorm some prizes. If you're listening to this right now, please play along. I'm sure I can uh, squeeze Jared for some nation gear for some listeners. If you are winners, something like that. Let's get more people involved in this. So right now, game one, we've got Rick at are you 500. going 500K? Yes, sir. And Absolutely. what about total bet, Rick? Or you actually, mean? you know what? Actually, you know what? Let's go around for game one first, and then we'll go around yeah. playoff high. So I go, okay, I'm going to go Tyler now. He is our resident degenerate. So game one, Tyler, what is your guess? $325,000, Bob. $325,000, Mr. Nation. Dan, your game one bet. Well, shit. Uh, because of the Price is Right rules, I probably was going to say two hundred fifty thousand, but I'm going to say two hundred thousand, just to give me okay. something, some kind of cushion there with Tyler. Unless Bag Milk, you come in the middle. I was tempted to go, uh, you know, in the spirit of prices, right? I was one like, dollar. when I was going to go one dollar because Rick, <laughs> when he came in at a million bucks before we kind of clarified everything, I was like, oh man, this is easy money at <laughs> one buck. But uh, game one. I'm trying to think of too where we were uh, when we were in Winnipeg for the Heritage Classic. It was a long drive to get there, but I remember the fifty-fifty being obnoxious, and that was a that was a football stadium filled. With We've thrown like, down some good ones. Edmonton has thrown down some good ones. Edmonton Riders with a carryover of like eighty grand or something like uh, that went to almost four hundred. Yeah. Not the highest though. The highest in Edmonton has been four hundred thirty-five thousand. Was that the one where it was a, boosted though by Bel Air? The Red Blacks and no, that was that was no one. the the o, the OG the very first uh, rollover the Saskatchewan Riders we played the Riders and people were like standing yeah. in fifty fifty lines for the entire first uh, first half. <laughs> no, no, right. yeah. I was I was lucky and found a dude and I was in and out in like three minutes. But yeah, it got really bad. The biggest was the biggest was July the fourteenth against the Red Blacks four hundred thirty five thousand dollars. That was like last year in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, and I remember that they tried they. They learned their lessons after the first time. They had like the uh, the lines were kind of like set up properly. Yeah, that's everybody exactly had, like, the issue, right? Everybody had like nineteen rolls of paper in their pockets and socks and shit, so they can. Uh, that's why. Reload that's why I went on the fly. To, that's why I went two hundred thousand because I assume that there's going to be technical issues on the first one. Oh. I assume that it's going to blow up and there's going to be something goes wrong. I am going to go five hundred and one thousand. Oh, dick! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. Five hundred and one thousand. This is game one. With this is the spirit of prices right here. All right, okay, you gotta, well, you, gotta you gotta flip the order for this next one though, Beg. Yeah, I was just gonna say absolutely. It, it, that is a thousand percent fair. So just to recap our game one bets, we've got Rick at five hundred k. We've got Tyler at three hundred twenty five thousand. We've got Dan at two hundred thousand, <laughs> and I went over the top at five hundred one k. So that's game one versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, playoff high. Playoff high. So, Just the their games, right? Do you guys want to do, do let's, let's talk about it. Do you guys want to do Just the games or do you want to do a, like an actual Western Hub playoff high? Well, I'm no, just Oilers games. Edmonton, yeah, Edmonton's going to be probably the highest, anyways. Okay. Maybe Calgary gets a couple bucks higher, but it'd be between those two teams. All right. So, my, uh, if we're going to stick with Oilers, Playoff high for the fifty fifty. I'm going to come in at seven twenty five, seven hundred twenty five thousand. 
And then the All reverse, right. who is who's up next? Dan? That was me. Yeah, that's me. Uh, I think as a, as a caveat too, if if we're if it's over two hundred thousand more than the five hundred and one thousand um, dollars, or below my two hundred thousand, a, a random listener that sends in their prediction should win the nation gear or something. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm good with that. That sounds good. Okay, so my pick would be four hundred thirty-five thousand nine hundred and nineteen dollars. <laughs> Hang on, four hundred thirty-five thousand nine hundred and nineteen dollars. Yeah, that was a very specific Dan bet. I like it. I respect it, Mister Tyler Uremchuk. Your Oilers playoff high for the fifty-fifty. My playoff high will be seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And Rick, last word. Playoff high Edmonton Oilers game for the fifty-fifty. Hold on, I'm just writing this one down here because we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this in a, a certain way. So that's, uh, this would also <laughs> be a good gra- This would also be a good graphic too, Tyler. Nine hundred seventy-two thousand nine hundred twenty-five. Ninety-seven twenty-nine twenty-five. Let's go. Nine hundred and seventy-two thousand nine hundred and twenty-five. So we got the we got the McDiesel dry saddle and nurse. There you go. All right, so. Oilers playoff highs. This is what we got. The three, the four bets. So we got Dan is the low guy on this one, which is funny because it's still $435,919. <laughs> then it is me coming up next at $725K. Tyler coming in at $750K. And then up high, we got Rick at $900,000. <laughs> what was yours, Big News? I am uh, for the total high, it's seven twenty-five, $725,000. And to be fair, to hit my number, we probably need some Oilers flames. Well, and that's yeah, that's part of the bet, though, right? Is you oh, you never know, right? Though that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like I'm I'm betting on the two teams getting there. In which case, the fifty fifty is going to go absolutely apeshit. And if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting at uh, you know close to a half a million for the Oilers and Hawks, Oilers and Flames, that's gonna that's gonna go crazy, man. But I even think that. And to quote Rick again, when they get past the Blackhawks, I even think that like a Saturday night game, let's say it's the late slot against Dallas. I feel like there's just like an ingrained hatred against Dallas for people of our vintage, Rick, that I think that we might see some big ones against Dallas also. Oh, 100%. So this is, uh, if you're listening to this right now, please tweet at us. I want you to be DMing Tyler on Instagram at ON Radio Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at any of our accounts. I want to know your bets. We're going to put out a graphic. We're going to come up with some kind of prizing as we move forward here. we got a little bit of time to figure it out, but I like this a lot. A little bit of prices Right bets on the 50-50. And I'm also going to ask people, I'm going to write some totals down tonight on Nation Happy Hour, 530 Mountain, every Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to take some bets there too as well. So I like this, boys. I like this a lot. I don't think that one, if there's one thing that this podcast could use is a little bit of shenanigans like this amongst the four of us, and I like it. Speaking of things that I speaking of things I like, I also like our friends at SkipTheDishes.ca. They love what we do so much on this podcast that they decide to renew their contract, and I love them for it. Just like I love the ability to order a half pound beef and cheddar from Arby's that is now oh, in my house. baby Rick. Have you got one of those yet? You know I have. It is hilarious. I did it. I so. It's free delivery on skipthedishes.ca from Arby's if you get an order over 20 bucks. And to me, that's an easy challenge. No problem. $20. Two half-pounders. Pound, half you're almost there. <laughs> get it done. So I was like, okay, I'm going to order a normal beef and ched because I love them. Normally, I get three beef and cheds. 
and some curly fries and a Pepsi. That's my normal go-to. But this Three time when I even Ched? Yeah. Do you have an accountant? Uh, They're no. two for eight. Usually, sorry, usually, usually, usually the special is two for eight. So you have four I for 16. That's... No, yeah, I not... will tell you this right now. Is the, the 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 TV when it lies to me and tells me I can get two for six? I get really excited, but then I remember that's the American station. Well, back in the nineties, if you, I'm sure you guys will remember the five for fives, and uh, Arby's needs to bring those back. So I got mm-hmm. a beef and ched, and then the half pounder, and that thing is hilarious, Tyler. <laughs> for a, for a gentleman like yourself, I know you're watching your carbs, yeah, but always. you're all about the meat. Go for the half pounder. Go to skipthedishes.ca. Any restaurant around the city that is listed there is going to be delicious for you i promise and as tyler always says please tip your drivers they're putting themselves at risk to bring you food and keep you fed and that's what it's all about skip the dishes.ca get yourself something to eat it's friday night what else are you doing or whatever you listen to this whatever they're open all day skip the dishes.ca thank you thank you another thing that came out today um that i thought was kind of funny uh regarding the playoffs is hotel assignments for the western hubs so these were based on seating is where they ended up. And the two hotels are the JW Marriott, which is attached to Rogers place via the Pedway. And there's also Sutton place. which is just down the road. To it's me, also connect. You can also get there via Pedway underground. You don't have to go outside. That's why. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Cool. We've got tunnels and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought it was funny that Oilers, our beloved Oilers are on the J-Dub. Sucks. The boys can't go home. We all saw the video of Connor's house that was circling the socials the other day. It is a beautiful place. Anybody would want to stay there. But he'll be in the JW Marriott. I just found it funny that the Vancouver Canucks, Calgary Flames, and Winnipeg Jets are at Sutton Place. It almost feels it almost feels like the Oilers like picked who they didn't want to stay in their hotel. And then to throw everyone off the scent, we're like, okay, and also the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> <laughs> so the full list at both. This had to have been an NHL decision, no? Oh yeah. Okay, good. I just yeah, I do, I do, I do love any type of thought that this is like we're sitting there going, no, Calgary is definitely going over there. Yeah, definitely Vancouver and Sutton Place. Yeah, for sure. It's an equal split of the two based on ranking. So it's just, it's just, you know, yeah. But I just this morning, one of the first things I saw this morning when I opened up Twitter was uh, at Coop. Shout out to Cam Lewis. He had a funny tweet that until I dug into it and saw how they actually split up the teams, it was so funny because Cam made me laugh. He's like, look at the Oilers going out of their way to put the Flames and Canucks in the shittiest hotel. That's the pettiness I love and I crave. Yeah, that's not how it worked. But like Tyler just said, it just kind of seemed a little bit funny that those were the teams that ended up at the side. But we're getting closer. They should have been better in the regular season. If they want to stay at the J-Dub. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. You should have been better, but you weren't. So That's true. In, enjoy your Sutton Place experience. Enjoy. I'm sure they have a at least it is. But this is, this is what I like, is that we know where they are, right? As fans. Mm-hmm. You guys remember, like, I know some of you guys. But in the right, late yeah. 90s, in the late 90s when Dallas was here, what were fans doing? Shenanigans. They out, they, exactly. They were out there. They were setting up a fire alarm. They were creating noise. They were making it very, very, very uncomfortable to relax in your hotel. Well, guess what? We know where they are again. No, so Rick. Get them. <laughs> no, Rick. We're supposed yes, to be a good hub city. No, screw we- that, man. Fucking Philadelphia <laughs> is one of the coolest sports towns in the world. 
and they are assholes to everybody. Let's do that. Let's show them that Edmonton is not a very fun place to be from the from a visitor's point of view. Let's get the damn marching band out there, and I'll do the drumming if I have to, and we'll just march around that damn hotel all damn night, and I will hit the damn drum. Let's go. Damn. This is not a very fun place. This is not supposed to be a nice place for <laughs> people to play. We at Oilers Nation Radio do not encourage anybody to harass the NHLers that are being that will be in our town for the playing rounds. Just as a <laughs> FYI. Speaking of harassing people, Rick, also this week that got released, <laughs> Edmonton, the referees at Edmonton will be getting. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we Mark go. Mark Jonette, Rick's favorite, Mark Steve Kazari. Yeah, Kazari. No, like I said, I had to get, I got to find my way into the building now. Kazari can't be getting away with shit this time. And if you don't remember Steve Kazari, he is the one that Connor encouraged to check his work. Yes. Check upstairs. By pointing upstairs. So we got Mark Joannette, Steve Kazari, TJ Luxmore, John McIsaac, Brad Meyer, Brian Pokmara, Dan O'Rourke, Chris Rooney, Francois St. Laurent, and Kelly Sutherland. Rick, is there anyone else on this list that you dislike? I don't really tend to, to be honest. I had a run in with O'Rourke. I had a I had a run in with O'Rourke this year. I can't remember exactly what it is. I may <laughs> have to go back to uh to our uh our, our referee so he can refresh me as to what it is. But I'll tell you this right now. One of the things I'm most happy to see is Graham Skilleter is not on oh, either you set. You fucking hate him. He, he, from the hit from behind, I was like three feet in front of him four or five years ago, whatever the hell it was. I think it was Matty Benning who got hit running from behind. Right in front of the damn guy. He didn't put his arm up. He didn't even flinch. Um, and I, what I was going to say is I find it amazing that you remember this stuff because yeah. I don't know about the rest of you guys. Is like I don't know anything about these refs. I don't. I, I just don't remember. I, I you know what? It's more. It's more about PTSD. Like someone says their name, and I, the hairs stand up, and you know, I start to tingle. I'm like, okay, no, there's definitely. I've had an issue with this guy. When you Tyler, list you off their ref? names, when you list off their names, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know that's a ref. I know that's a ref. Like if you did a test where you listed off ten names, and half of them were NHL refs, and half of them were just made up nonsense, I could I could tell you which ones were NHL refs. But I don't remember specific games being like, oh, man, I remember like what Rick just did like five years ago when Matt Benning got ran by from behind and Skilletor <laughs> didn't remember. Like, I hey, honestly barely Connor even remember thing was, Connor thing was three years ago. Yeah, I barely remember that one. And that's just because there's been a lot of talk about how like the numbers since then like yeah. kind of skew when Kazari is officiating Oilers games. But no, I never really like hold a vendetta against refs unless it's Surveyor Brett. Then I always hold that grudge. Yeah, we, we, can always, <laughs> we can always hold things against Surveyor Brett. The only one I really remember, Dan, I want to check in with you if you remember anybody as well. The only one I really remember is Mick Magoo, Mick Magoo oh, fucking the, the Oilers with the hand pass. We, uh, yeah, that one's still obsessed. We scored that Rick fucking goal, man. Dude, there's like, there was like 10 seconds left in the game. Horka wins the draw back. He did not use his fucking hand. A, bat, a big shot from the point goes right in. And Mick Magoo, not only not quietly just saying no goal, he gets out here and he's trying to be like on a pedestal. He's flapping his arms around like a goddamn bird. <laughs> and he made an ass of himself twice that night. Once just doing that and twice when you look at the review and hit that hand was nowhere near the fuck. Dan, you got any ref memories that are uh, stored in that brain bank of yours? Um, well, see, yeah, I'm kind of like you guys when they, and unlike Rick, that I don't apply like certain calls to referees as much as just in junior hockey in Halifax. I don't know if you guys knew, but I used to live there at the time. You, you uh, live in Halifax? Come on. The Halifax Mooseheads and the QMJHL, like, I think that they were, like, low on refs. 
So they always had the same crews in Halifax and in, again, in each locale, so they didn't have to move around as much. And so we always had this one referee, Craig Langell, and it was just, it was just a fucking, you know, just one of those things. He just didn't like to call positive blue sets because he, he wanted to make the show or something. And so he wanted to show that he was the hometown guy. I mean, I just, I, I guess I don't care about refs all that much. I just, I'm just, they're all bad to me. They're all bad. <laughs> no, man, there's the, um, who's the dude out there in the East? Uh, West, West McCauley. Yeah. He's got a damn TV show, hasn't he? Does he? Or they have like, so they do a little, uh, a little skit there on TSN. Oh, is he the guy that the does family. the, is he the guy that does the hilarious? Fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. The, okay, the, the, the punches in there. That dude yeah, does After it. looking at the goal, we've well. determined it is no goal. Yeah, he yeah, okay, I like just, it sits there and always dropping the dropping the baseline there. Was he also the guy that said uh, two minutes for you can't do that? Yeah, yep. <laughs> I love that. All right, so you know what? He gets some love. Wes McCauley is his name. Yeah, if I'm gonna shit West on McCauley. if I'm gonna shit on guys, then I gotta make sure I'm doing the exact opposite and propping them up when they do a good job, right? He'll be All here right. for the Stanley Cup, though I would imagine, or the Conference Final. Probably. Oh, yeah. maybe I can buy him a beer. <laughs> See, everything's coming up, Nailhouse. All right, gentlemen. Uh, another thing that is going to be interesting to watch as we get closer, we're, we're, you know, we're only, we're, we're three weeks away from playoff hockey. One thing that is been put out there is that players, if they choose, have the option to opt out with no penalty. Uh, if they say they don't want to play for safety or they want to be with family or whatever, they get a free pass to do so. My question for everybody here is how much do you expect, if at all, for NHL players to use the opt-out clause for this 2014 playoff tournament? Tyler, I'll start with you. What do you think? Yeah, like on real life, we had brought up the number seven and a half or eight and a half and done an over-under. And originally I took the over, but after like reading or listening to some radio hits with some of the insiders and stuff over the last week, it's really starting to sound like there won't be a lot. And I think I might put the number I think there might be maybe five or six maybe seven but like you're already hearing teams that like oh yeah Columbus has no one that's opting out I don't think Edmonton's expected to have anyone opt out either um so I think I I don't think we're gonna see as many as I had initially thought seven days ago when I had first started talking about this so I think the number is gonna be low well Rick what do you think uh, sorry Dan what do you think yeah I was just gonna say like I think Tyler you were guilty of the same thing I was initially is looking at baseball's numbers and saying, oh, that, that's a quite a few people that have opted out in baseball, and you understand it. Um, but the difference for me is, A, it's the playoffs, so it's going to be a shorter little stint away from their family. And then, B, it's, uh, it's hockey players versus all the other sports. We always beg for more character and, and excitement from these players, but they're all programmed to just you know kind of do and say what they need to do to get that paycheck at the end of the day and, and get the win for their team, right? And so I think the Edmonton Oilers is a, is a prime example of a team that I can't imagine any of those players quitting on Connor McDavid, and there's no way Connor McDavid's going to let, you know, this opportunity into the playoffs go away. So can't imagine giving Connor that call, being like, hey, Connor, I don't think I can make it. So yeah, yeah, but, I, I yeah, but some guys it. might have actual reasons. Like, if Matt Benning was like, I just had a baby, I'm not playing, I don't think Connor McDavid would be like, well, then you can go to hell. Like I think I think no, there's I certain under- situations that are understandable. I just think that it's. I also think that, like I said, it, it, then it, then you go back to the first one where yeah. it's only five weeks. It's not a. You're not talking about playing a a sixty game season or anything. It's five weeks at the most. 
that's like, and then, and then families can come into the bubble if they so choose. Um, but, but yeah, right now it's like, you know, it, you're not, you're not talking about removing yourself for, for months at a time. It's, it's just a, a quick stint for, for a lot of teams. And then, you know, the chance at winning the Stanley Cup, which is what everybody's hopefully trying to do. I'd be kind of bummed out if I saw a guy take the, to decide not to play because he was going to be away from his family for five weeks. Like, I get it if you're worried about the COVID and I get it, you know, you don't want to, you know, affect, infect your family or whatever. I get that. I completely get that. I'm completely behind it. Though I do believe it'll be like two or three max out in the NHL who don't want to come back and play. But they, like, they go to the Olympics. They're gone for whatever, two weeks, you know, probably a little bit longer than that. And they're okay with that. Like, being away from home to your family for five weeks, I, it is, it's a lot, but I don't think it's that bad. So I don't, and then you're, it's going to happen any given time. I don't see anybody staying home because they want to not playing because they want to stay at home. I can see a couple of guys maybe being worried, you know, maybe they're just more susceptible to catch to, to getting this or something like that. But I don't, I don't think we'll catch many guys doing the baseball thing where they're just opting out entirely. I, uh, I was trying to look at the weather. I was looking at the weather's roster to see, you know, at some of the guys who are a little bit older that might have kids like a Mike Green or whatever, maybe seeing if he would want to do something like that, like to opt out, spend time with his family. And uh, I got completely sidetracked by the fact that um, Rick and Dan, this is going to hurt. There are only six Edmonton Oilers that were born in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to understand that. Like, dude, there's a couple, there's guys younger than me that are retiring. They're like, I've put in a good career. <laughs> we're Shit. aging out quickly rapidly i feel like i need to say it again fucking six and you know what i do i get i'm lucky enough to uh with my other job is i get to you know interact with these guys sometimes one-on-one and i kind of get to visually see exactly how young some of these guys are so <laughs> yeah i understand that too that's a, that's a the surprise factor there <laughs> that's kind of gone for me by now taylor yamamoto was born in 1998 come on man Dude, I've got I've got waitresses at work where we've talked weird things before, and I'm like talking about like uh, the Y two K, and you know I've got some you know the Mrs. Mandies, and you know I've got someone around me that are you know around my age, so that's fine. But then you've got the young ones out there who have no idea what I'm talking about. You, you probably, is born in 2001. I was gonna say, Rick, you probably have servers at uh, at the Pint who were born after Y two K, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh. Goodness if you gracious. guys ever, well, yeah, you ever want to feel, uh, I don't know how it's going to make you feel, but you come down and uh, check IDs one time. Yeah. Uh, nope. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. 2002 do for that. the record. Unbelievable. I don't like 2002. that 2002. I graduated in 2003, man. This is bummer. Dude, me I out. was out of Graham McEwen in 01. <laughs> uh, I started Graham McEwen. The rat hole was still there. Uh, RIP to the rat hole. Tyler, do you know where the rat hole is? <laughs> we no. are old. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right. RIP to the rat hole. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and give my uh, cold performer of the week to this fucking conversation right now. That's coming up <laughs> later. Uh, but back to the back to the question at hand around the horn. Tyler said an over under for us opt out players. Um, Since everyone thinks it's going to be low. Okay. Uh, we're excluding guys with medical conditions. So like if Max Domi doesn't play or whatever, because or like Capocaco, I believe is another guy who has diabetes. If those guys don't play, they don't count. So we're talking about guys for personal reasons. Sure. Four and a half. Rick, what do you think? Four and a half. 
for non-medical reasons, I'm going zero. Huh. With the under. Mr. Nation Dan, you got a four and a half. What are you looking at? I was thinking three in my head before, so I'll say under. So how many how many people how many teams are playing here? So we got twenty four times twelve. Man, four and a half <laughs> isn't many. It's not, dude. But if you're going in, if you're going into this, you all the chances are you believe you can win that first round. And I was saying this to somebody the other day. I I remember 06 very vividly. You make the playoffs, anything can happen. Just make That's the true. dance. Everybody's in the dance right now. I'd be shocked unless someone you know is like whether they have it already or they're like Tom Pody fragile to catching it. I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be different. Uh, I'm gonna go with the over four and a half isn't many considering how many players are playing. Uh, that's like a fraction of a percentage. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be different just for the sake of argument. I'm going with the over. I'm gonna say um, over because I actually think it could go over. Like I I just think that in the next few days here, once things get signed off, players have that three day window. There'll be a handful of guys with maybe their wife is pregnant, maybe they have a newborn baby, and they'll just kind of go. You know what? As much as I want to be there for the guys and play. I don't want to miss the birth of my first child, or I don't want to, you know, not be there for my wife while she's giving birth. So I, I think there'll be a few more that opt out. There could be. So uh, we got two of us going with the over, two of the under. Tyler at least had a reason for going with the over. I'm just an idiot, and I'm just being, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just saying over because the other two boys said under. So we'll you're see what happens. Your M check. Oh wait, yeah, no, you're not. See, you're going with me. You're going yeah, with but me. see, like that's the thing, Dan. Was like, I'm betting with you, Remchuk. When my heart yeah. of hearts knows that we should all face you, <laughs> it happens. It, we'll we'll yeah. see. I hope. I hope nobody opts out. I hope everybody remains safe, and I hope this playoffs, despite the weirdness, is going to be as fun as we all hope it will be for the players included. Because, um, you know. They're the ones playing. We just get a drink. We just get to drink beers at home or on the pie patio. So we'll see what happens. Um, before we get to our hot and cold performers of the week, I do have expansion talk listed on here and I'm curious, are you guys thinking about the expansion draft yet? Or is it still one of those things that's too far away in the future to really worry about just yet? Too far ahead for me. Um, we still got a long ways to go until we get to that point. Um, so that's honestly something I'm not even, uh, quite worried about right now. I think for me, for me, it's just been uh, kind of preparing myself for the fact that one of the one of our good players is going to go this time. We we didn't have to make the 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 big deal that that all those other teams did to uh, to try and protect players like like uh, in the Vegas draft. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm kind of preparing myself for the fact that you know a good player that I like and that I really like on this team and one of this team is probably going to go. That's as far as I've gone with it so far. Rick, what do you think? I'm not horribly worried yet. I know there's little things you got to do, like don't let Bush play a couple, whatever amount of games. So, you know what, take care of that part. But they don't have the stipulations out there. They don't have the rules and regulations out there. It's not necessarily going to be the exact same as last one. So I'm not overly worried. I'll keep an eye on things as a GM, like don't play the Bush type of thing. But after that, I'm not worried at all. So Gregor, the reason I had this on the the agenda for this week was Gregor wrote about the expansion draft uh, this week at weathersnation.com. And I was just kind of like, I hadn't really thought about it at all. Um, and like Dan said, there's going to be a, there's going to be probably a decent player that goes, that leaves. Um, unless, unless uncle Ken weaves some magic, which, you know, with Neil for we've seen him do it before. So I also wonder what, how the approach is going to be different this time around. 
than what happened with Vegas. Because even when Vegas, the expansion draft was over, nobody expected them to do what they did. And there was some of the, some of the players that got taken or not taken. Like I'm thinking of Florida. I don't remember who Florida protected, but didn't protect they, they, and then lost. The they throw. wanted to keep Matheson and Pissick, so they made the move to let go of Smith and Marcia so. Which, again, was bananas, right? So, yeah. like, I'm curious to see what the GMs have learned since then and yeah. how they approach it on round two because Vegas, the, that draft wasn't very long ago. So. You won't see the same mistakes made this time. And there's going to be some. There's, and it's not going to be exactly the same as, uh, as the Vegas draft either, so. We shall see. We shall see. Before we, uh, before Tyler gets his buttons ready for this week's hot, cold performers of the week, I just want to bring up a little bit of Oilers history for you guys today. Today in Edmonton Oilers history, Craig McTavish, July 10th. July 10th. Today in Edmonton Oilers history, Craig McTavish in 2013 traded Magnus Pajarvi and a second-round pick to the St. Louis Blues for David Perron. And as I was putting this together for the site today, good trade. That was a really good trade. That mm-hmm. was a really good trade. And his first because they ended the up Oilers, flipping Perron too pretty quick, right? Yeah. So I'll get to that. And, and I mean, I'll be I'll be honest with you, Tyler. The conclusion of this story isn't nearly as fun as you may have thought. In his first <laughs> season with the Oilers, Perron played in 78 games and set a career high in goals at 28. He still hasn't matched mm-hmm. it yet. Uh, and 29 assists for 57 points. But he also brought a different flavor to the Oilers that they hadn't seen. I love a good shit disturber that has skill, and that is absolutely what David Perron is. So he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, so KRV and a second rounder that turned into Barbashev got traded in on July 10, 2013 for David Perron. Good trade. The next season, though, Perron asked for a trade out of Edmonton, and does anybody remember what they got for him? Clink hammer and a first. Did you look? No, I knew that. I'm trying to think of who the first round pick ended I, up being. Though. That was that's Barzell. That's Matthew Barzell. Ah, which sucks. of course that first round pick turned into fucking Griffin Reinhardt. So, actually, a couple of good trades in terms of David Perron, but how it played out, not so much. Uh-uh. Not so much, Mister Ramchuk. Please get your buttons ready. It's time for the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. As always, Oodle Noodle is donating 10% of all in-store orders to local charities. They're also doing food donations around the city. Today, they donated 400 meals at the Mustard Seed. If you are out and about and hungry, visit any of Oodle Noodle's 13, soon-to-be 14 locations. The Hamptons location is opening very quickly. Um, Grab yourself something to eat and know that you're doing your part for a great cause as well. As we always do, we're going to start with the cold performers of the week. And I'll just go ahead and get started with my cold performer of the week. I'm going to go tell a little story now. Before we started this podcast, I was a couple minutes late. I was walking Frank, took him out for a quick pish, let him do his thing. And as I was walking back to my house, I saw a little white floof dog wandering around the complex by himself. Nobody around. So I was like, okay, shit. So I threw Frank in the house really quickly. I grabbed his leash and I went out to grab this dog. And my plan was I was being like, I was going to grab the dog, bring him into my yard, call the number on his collar that I could see, and then deal with it after the podcast was over. What actually happened, though, is this dog started cruising around one specific unit in the complex. And just just to give you a frame of mind, there's like 400 units in my complex. It's a very big complex. 
So he started kind of kicking around there and I'm like, oh, maybe he lives at this one. So I was going to go knock on the door. And as I approach, a lady comes out of the house and starts yelling at me that I was going to steal her dog or something. I don't really know what she was getting at, but she's like, what are you doing with my dog? I was like, whoa, lady, he's out of your yard. He's cruising around. There are cars driving by. I was going to help him. All I was trying to do was help this dog. That's all I was trying to do. So my cold perform of the week is the lady that yelled at me for trying to help her dog. Thank you. Nation Dan, your Oodle Noodle cold performer of the week. Well, Bag Milk, you stole mine, so no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, my cold performer of the week was, uh, this is going to put on my Tyler Uremchuk hat here, because I went out for my first round of golf uh, this year, and probably going to be my only round of golf, but uh, but was out at uh, a golf course out in Fort Saskatchewan, and it is, my cold performer of the week is Edmonton's monsoon season. This has been a tough <laughs> tough stretch of uh, of rainy days i know bag milk you probably feel the pain that i do with walking the pups through the uh, through the water lakes that are our front lawns right now and uh and then trying to golf in that in a essentially what turned the golf course into a bog uh was uh, was tough to do and not so fun came home with a nice uh, nice muddy leg for each side and uh, yeah my cold performer of the week edmonton's monsoon season oh that's cold Okay, before we move on to the next person with the Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week, the three of us, I want to do a side bet. So Dan said this is probably his only round of the year. How many golf balls did Nation Dan lose yesterday at Fortin View Golf Course near Fort Saskatchewan? <laughs> Again, we're playing prices Right rules here, gentlemen. Real quick, how many balls did Nation Dan lose? I'm going to go four. I'm going to start the bidding at four. I'll say five. Rick, well, to be honest with you guys, I was going with six, so I'll say six. <laughs> Dan, the answer. It was over six for sure. It was my best round of my life, but I shot a 121, so not saying much. <laughs> That's where I'm at too, man. I'm a bad golfer, but I love it. I had the best Value round of my golfer. life the other day too, actually. I was very excited. What did you, what did you shoot? A 90 for the first time ever. Woo, baby. I was dialed in. I missed a, missed a fucking eight-foot putt to break 90. It was heartbreaking. If I break 100, I'm always pumped, so... Little side bet, shout out to Dan, losing uh, eight balls. Yeah, it was something like eight or ten. <laughs> I'd be right there with you, buddy. I'd be right there with you. Rick, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Well, I don't know where to blame this, but uh, a very sad piece of news popped up yesterday, the day before. Just a, a, a big part of Edmonton just closing down, whether, you know, because of COVID or 2020 or whatever the hell it is. Ah, yeah. But just these little, you know, uh, these little, we'll just call them small businesses, you know, little bars. It's billiard club that's closed down. Um, it's just, it sucks to see these little places. Dude, I've got so many stories about there back in, you know, early 2000s. Everyone's been, you know, it, it just sucks to see all these little things just kind of go away. Um, not for any other reason than, 2020 or COVID or, or whatever you want to blame it on, blame it on whoever you want. That's just, I'm, I'm just tired of seeing this stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I saw it too. Like I spent some nights at the billiard club. Uh, I haven't gone in a long time, but I did spend some nights. there. Yeah, and same here. Same here. I mean, it's just getting a little close to home now. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a struggle. This industry right now, man, it's supposed to be the fun place and the, the place where everybody can go out and kind of like, get away from all their fears and worries and their shitty nine to fives or whatever the hell it is. But it's, 
it's tough to see these places go in. It's tough to see any of the places that are still open right now. It's kind of struggling. And, you know, you can only employ half the amount of people you're employing. It's, it, it's a tough time right now. So, yeah, just whether it be 2020 COVID or whatever the hell you want to call it, just this whole time needs to just it needs to stop. We need to get back there. It needs to go away. We need to be uh, getting back to normal way. 100%. Shout out to the Billiard Club. 27 great years on White Ave. Sad to see Two them, for one so. bottles of beer on Thursdays way back when. I love it. Mr. Uramchuk, your two bottles. Your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Yeah, mine is not nearly as important as that. I'm just still pissed at the <laughs> NHL for that. Damn cap recapture penalty, man. Like, these teams <laughs> knew what the rules were when they signed these contracts. Everyone knew what game they were playing. And because one or two teams might end up getting screwed, they're like, oh, and by the way, we're completely changing this role because we don't want the Nashville Predators to go bankrupt in 2025. Like, it's annoying. This league, like, like you guys brought up, where's the bailout for the Oilers? How come they never get any help with their cap problems? Oh, but Nashville gets the help. So I didn't like that at all. Flipping the ledger to the positives. In the last seven days of our lives, it is the Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. I'm just going to go ahead and start it. Uh, Juice World's new album dropped. Super good. If you're into hip-hop, I recommend downloading Juice World's new album. He is my Hot Performer of the Week. Cash money. <laughs> the look on his face when he just realized he needs to press the button. <laughs> not a ju- well, I, was a, I was also this curious. This might be not my a- favorite part of the, the whole podcast is what your arm check remembers you have to hit a button yeah yeah we've only been doing it every single for week a guy forever, who but... literally pushes buttons for a living i forget it a lot <laughs> not a juice world guy no i like juice world new album's good uh i'm gonna go to you then tyler your oodle noodle hot performer of the week zach cassian gets my hot performer of the week he brought yes. back the cast chops baby and they are beautiful yes. nothing says playoff hockey in Edmonton like zach cassian growing out some sweet ass facial hair put some respect on my name does this officially mean we're allowed to roll in our COVID facial hair into playoff facial hair? Because he didn't start from scratch. He had those things carved yeah. in when he got here. This, this, you guys Maybe. can see it here. It's I ain't taking this off. We're getting a running start into uh into the playoff season, so we're gonna keep this beard going. I, I mean, I why not? A thousand percent. I think you should. I. uh what I, I like, I can't grow facial hair worth a shit, so it doesn't really. I'm gonna grow a playoff beard, of course, but like, it doesn't do anything for me. But what I have done is I haven't got a haircut since early February, and my hair is obnoxiously long right now, and I love it. I'm gonna oh, see boy. how long it goes, man. I'm gonna go full Fabio. If it gets down to my shoulders by the time I get a haircut, then you know what? This is my excuse to grow up metal hair, and that's what I'm gonna do. Man, no haircuts in mid March, I think. And you look great, buddy. You Thanks, look buddy. great. Uh, Mr. Nation, Dan, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performance Week. Well, I, uh, you know, it's it's not a place for shameless plugs, but here I go. Uh, it's myself uh, for the <laughs> and for the Twitch stream that we've been running uh, through OilersNation.com and as well as on Twitch under official Oilers Nation. Um, we're in game fifty six tonight of our of our simulations that have been going since the uh, outbreak started and trying to give people an escape to go there. Um, but what is really cool is that I think we're going to be able to change this over into a playoff digital watch party area. So if you're, you know, just at home or chilling at work or whatever, watching the games, you're going to be able to chat with all kinds of other fans in game, you know, bag milk will be in there. Hopefully Wanya Gretz, we can get Rick, we can get Tyler. You can have all kinds of conversations with all kinds of people that maybe you wouldn't be able to, have that conversation with otherwise on our Twitch stream at Official Oilers Nation. That was hot. That's hot.
wrapping us up. Hot performer of the week, Mr. Rick. Limes and birds. Birds and limes. Scooter life, boys. Scooter life. I guess that's how you get around downtown right now. Uh, I know I've been complaining about the uh, the construction the last couple of weeks. Now I don't mind it as much because I'm taking limes and birds. And I'm going right down the uh, the old bike lane there. Get home real quick. This is hot. Gotta love a scooter. And I was it's funny you brought that up because last night I was at a buddy's house and we uh, we were having. Uh, he lives within, well, I should, I should preface this by saying he lives within walking distance. So we were at, we were having a couple of wobblies and we were like, I wonder if there are any scooters in our neighborhood right now. Unfortunately, there was not. So I'm jealous of your downtown scooter lifestyle. I think they've, they've done something where they don't go that far anymore. Rude. It yeah, is yeah. rude. They, they, they knock down like the uh, kilometers. They go down to like two kilometers an hour or something like that once you pass a certain, dis- uh, certain uh, hmm. border or something like that. Shenanigans. This is shenanigans. But what's not shenanigans is the four of us wrapping up episode 94, the Ryan Smith episode of Boilers Nation Radio. As always, I want to thank Sherwood Ford, the Giants, SkipTheDishes.ca, and Oodle Noodle for making it all possible. And I want to thank all of you for listening. Oh, and this is something that you guys didn't know. I found our rankings on Apple Podcasts this week. Are they good? Out of how many? We are the 199th ranked sports podcast yes. on Apple Podcast. We did it. Yay. We broke the top 200. We are the 199th ranked sports podcast on Apple Podcast. 198, good. we coming for that ass. Where's, uh, where's real life? Real life was, uh, I got this written down somewhere. It was 184. Two guys Damn in the goalie? Uh, I didn't see two guys in the goalie. But above them? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But what I did read is breaking the top 200, uh, regardless on Apple Podcasts, is a, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk sports. So yeah. congratulations to all three of you and everybody listening. Let's get up to 198. <laughs> we got goals now, team. We I got believe. goals. That's uh, We're going to start climbing this mountain like the uh, mountain climber on uh, Price is Right. Spit and chicklets, we're coming for you. <laughs> Joe Rogan experience, we're coming for you. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, please tell a friend because I want to get to at least 198. Yeah, let's friend. get us up there. Let's get, let's, us, go. let's get us up. Let's get in the top 150. Gotta love it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Oilers Nation Radio episode 94. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.